Hey yo, GDQ fam! This is Taylor from Game Devs Quest with this week's quick tip. If you're like me, when you're programming, you like some chill tunes. Typically, I listen to a couple of artists on YouTube that really help me get in the zone for programming. Some of my favorite you can check out just by searching for Chill Step in YouTube. My favorite artists are probably Arctic Empire, Mixhound, and Pulsate. Check them out if you want to get in the zone. All right, hello, welcome to Game Devs Quest, your once weekly podcast chronicling uh, our journey from from game dev scrubs into regular old game dev. Game dev. <laughs> I wish I had something better than what I said. You know that? Like, do you ever get that? Every time I say it, I'm like, I, this will be the week that I invent the new saying. And <laughs> well, it comes out the same every time. Yeah. Well, so we don't do anything like Coffee with Butterscotch does, where they like they say their role, and every week uh, Sam and Adam say something different. And which I think is kind of funny because they're pr- like they practice just like making something up on the spot. And sometimes it's not like the best, but other times it's like funny as hell. <laughs> you know well, I, I thought I thought they didn't make it up. I I thought they took it out of the show. It well, was like there, a, no, there's it's that like little a funny highlight reel. Yeah, they have that little bit at the very start where they like laugh, you know. But then once yeah. they go through like their, you know, uh, normal introductions, Seth's like, and I'm Seth, and I'm the games programmer, and then Adam's like. I'm Adam, and I make tubes talk to each other. And yeah. then Sam's like, and I make pictures. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. You know, so we don't do anything like that. We just say, I, well, I just let you say everything. It's uh, yeah. Welcome to Game Dev's Quest, your once weekly podcast chronicling our journey into game devdom from scrubs to non-scrubs to poop, 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 poop. I don't know. From scrubs to dubs. Yeah. <laughs> From scrubs to the nubbin lubs. <laughs> Script scrapping the flippy flubs. <laughs> oh, jeez. Anyways, yeah, dude. And yeah. Hey, know. man. It's good to have you back. Thanks. We missed I, you. I know. Over here on the West Coast, it just wasn't the same. Uh, I, dude. So it was super weird coming back because. So like, first of all, you know, I fly. I fly to. San Francisco, then I fly to Orlando. Like when you get close to Orlando, you're like noticing that you're like in the swamp land, right? Like the trees <laughs> yeah. are like all different and everything. Um and I barely left my hotel, so I didn't really experience Florida. The only thing that like seemed you know, overtly Florida was like the fact that there was palm trees and then there were like these little lizards that ran across yep. the sidewalk, which was kind of neat. Um but otherwise, I didn't really do anything outside of that. But uh, coming back, I flew into Phoenix, and Phoenix is like, you know, rocky and brown, like just yeah. everything brown. And then coming to Eugene, it's like we got right into the Willamette Valley, and it was just thick white clouds, and you can't really see. Like it's like you know we're in Eastern Oregon flying over, and it's it's also kind of like brown. And then Willamette Valley, thick clouds. And as soon as we, like, make our descent, we're, like, going through the 
the clouds and you can't see anything and it was like kind of freaky i felt like i was thinking about that twilight zone episode where you know there's like that guy on the wing or whatever and like something weird happens (laughs) or maybe lost you know like they get lost and you, you, you never know where you're like entering this alternate dimension, you know, cause it's like thick white clouds. I'm like, we could be upside down and maybe not even know it. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, <clears throat> then all of a sudden when we get out of the clouds, it's like freaking the Shire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, you come down, it's like, I just experienced like this Rocky Brown Arizona no offense to Arizona. It was pretty ugly. And then we come into, like, picturesque Oregon. And there's, like, you can't see a city. Like, Eugene is not big. You can't even see it from 20,000 feet (laughs) or whatever, you know? (laughs) And then it's like, wow, look at this place. This is is my home. I felt, like, really proud of it. (laughs) Yeah, I feel feel insanely proud of the Pacific Northwest every time I come home from a trip. Yeah. I I hadn't, like, you know, because Ali is, like, looking for jobs and we can't really be super picky about where we end up but i was just like after going to california arizona florida like i was like damn oregon is so awesome i love oregon yeah (laughs) (laughs) uh but okay not to mention also like the fact that i'm here the fact that i'm alive (laughs) makes me feel pretty good because i i hate flying I don't know, like, we might have talked about this when we were going to Japan, but, like, every time I fly, you know, you're on you're on solid ground, you know that, like, nothing really bad is probably going to happen to you, but then right. as soon as, as soon as you take off and you get 10 feet above the ground, you're like, oh, this is it, <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm in this little vessel that's doing something that shouldn't even be possible flying around you know yeah and uh anything could happen right and like right before i left that whole southwest airline thing happened where like the the pilot had to make an emergency landing and like it was crazy that she like managed to save the plane so i'm thinking about that the whole time like cool at least i'm not sitting close to a window where like part of the the plane's gonna fly off and hit me in the head because that's like how the only person that died died I'm pretty sure she didn't get hit in the head. She like she hit her head when she oh. was sucked into the window. Oh, is that what happened? Yeah, because the window broke and so there was decompression and she was pulled towards the window where she hit her head. Oh. I Man, think. I... I mean, it was definitely blunt force trauma that killed yeah, her. I don't right. think so. I don't think anything like came through and hit her, but I could be wrong. Okay. Yeah, I didn't if like If you want to but it, dude, you would feel Did you listen to the recording of her? No, I I absolutely avoided that because I was about oh. to fly. I'm <laughs> Dude, she was like, that would have made you feel so safe. Like, she's oh, really? so calm. She's like, yeah, part of my plane's missing. Need to make an emergency landing. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, no, that's what I kept reminding myself. I'm like, you know what? Like, these pe- like there's pilots in here, and there's also, like, the stewardess people, whatever, that do this every single day. Like, if they thought that there was a chance... Or, like, that, that they were going to die. They wouldn't be doing this, right? Yeah. They, there's that little risk, you know, and you got to be prepared for the worst. But it's almost like you're rolling the dice, you know? But it's, like, one in however many million chances that you're going to get in a plane crash. Um, so, yeah. I don't know. But I just, I always think about that. And, honestly, like, I don't know if it's, like, the wind currents or what, but, like, flying back from the East Coast to the West Coast, so much more rough. Like, yeah, it was much more turbulence and then flying into phoenix dude i don't know if it's the day or what 
But my descent and my takeoff going to Phoenix and from Phoenix were probably some of the worst I've ever experienced. Yeah, like, well, it's like we, the uh, it, it's the thermals. Oh, is it's that like, it? Oh, yeah, it's like the because it's so hot. Because it's so hot. That makes yeah. sense. But yeah, dude, like we free fell a couple times for like yeah, you know, a second, and I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna die, you know, like freaking yeah, out. Yeah, that happens when you're coming over the Rockies too. Because you get these like weird thermal drafts from like hot and cold stuff, and yeah. uh, I heard a story once about a plane that f- that fell free fall for a thousand feet. Oh my god! <laughs> and like people were like, yeah, they thought they were dead. Know, they were saying their goodbyes, you know. Yeah. Oh god. Well, that even though even the takeoff, dude. Like takeoffs are usually a little bit scary, but you know, like it's gonna be a little bit rough, and you're just gonna be fine. I've never felt it where you're climbing. And in the middle of your climb, like your plane is angled up and you start dropping. But we did that multiple times coming out of Phoenix. <laughs> and we're on like this little jet, you know. And the thing that didn't make me feel any better was like we're sitting at, in the runway or whatever, like still attached to the terminal. And uh, the pilot gets on the on the pl- or on the intercom and he's like, yeah, it's going to get a little bit warmer here. We have uh, what did he call it? Um some type of special kind of power where we have to like disconnect and leave the doors open so you guys are going to get pretty hot while we turn the power on the ac is not going to work sorry like we'll be we'll be ready in a little bit and i'm like what the hell is this is this plane even like does it work like, <laughs> like what the heck you know so i'm sitting there like stressing out i hate little planes to begin with but like flying into eugene there's like two planes that come in per day or something and uh, I'm just like, oh my god, this is terrible. But that's funny. Descent, <clears throat> uh, landing, and takeoff are actually my favorite parts of flying. <laughs> like I, I just, I don't know. Yeah. It's there's well, something that's so fun about it. You're like, such an adventurous type of guy. I I'm like, really not though. <laughs> well, compared to me, dude, <laughs> I like my I'm little. I'm so cautious. I'm cautious, dude. I I like my little safety net. I never leave the house because I think someone's like watching it (laughs) Uh, I just love that landing and takeoff they feel kind of dangerous and there's like you know there's nothing you can do about it it's like oh well yeah so you just let go well see that's the thing I kept telling myself I was like well I was trying to like practice some meditation uh, stuff you know and like telling myself like just breathe let go like it's out of your control so just uh yeah. Accept it. If you're gonna die, you know what? Die with dignity, man. <laughs> right. See, and that, <laughs> I mean, you're not gonna die, dude. I mean, most likely not. You know, but it's just fun because it's exa- you know, it's that yeah, it's that feeling of danger and that it's completely out of your hands and that whatever's gonna happen is gonna happen. Right. And it's well, like I don't know. It's kind of fun. What's <laughs> interesting too is that like when you compare flying to driving cars, like yeah, driving cars are more dangerous. Like the more people Absolutely. die every year from cars but like the funny thing is i like having that control i i have more trust in myself for some reason but then i then i think about it like i'm not a professional driver i've just driven a lot these pilots are like trained they know what to do like i should have more trust in them than i have in me when i'm on the road but yeah it's like the same kind of feeling like you know i know that it's not even that big of a deal or remotely the same but there was like when i had my appendectomy you know yeah 
it's like this feeling of like, oh my god, I like I'm scared of like being cut open and all this stuff. But then you talk to all your surgeons as they come in one by one, and you're like, and they're like, anyway, we got to make this quick because I got like twelve <laughs> more of these to do today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, dude. And it's like, oh right, like I may as well I'm be on special. a freaking conveyor belt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like. Uh, <laughs> a freaking assembly line surgery, basically, you know? Right. Well, that's the thing, though. Like, you feel like you should be special because you're you. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? But it should actually make you feel better because you're not special. Like, you're not special. Everyone's, like, everyone does the same thing. So the fact that it's like that means it's standardized and, like, it works. <laughs> yeah. You know? So, I don't know. Do, isn't it weird that... There's only 66 years between, like, the first successful flight of a plane and landing on the moon. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, dude. That's pretty crazy. (laughs) Oh, I know. Oh, I know. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways, um, so I'm happy to be back. I always, I'm like, well, cool. You know, because I've actually never flown by myself. I always have either been with, like, family or whatever. Um, and I was like, cool, if I die and I die by myself going to this work thing, what a waste. I know. <laughs> you know, so I feel pretty relieved that I'm home. And it, it feels good to be back. <laughs> uh, also... How about, the, how about this? Real quick, Taylor. Yeah, how about this uh-huh. one? Okay. When we were born, uh-huh. we were closer to land, the landing uh, on the moon for the first time than we are than it is to today. Like, does that make sense? Like, like our birthday. Like, in terms of dates? The birth, yeah. uh, the birth, the day that we were born on was closer to being on the moon than than it is to today. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Isn't that weird, though? I'm, like... Well, I mean, I guess that's how time works, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, like, thanks. <laughs> ti- time progresses as it continues. <laughs> like, <laughs> Although, yeah. speaking of time, I I did start reading um, Childhood's End, and they talk about time a little bit. Time's, uh, All the time, because time, time dilation, son. Yeah, time dilation. It is weird. I don't understand it, but it's, it's how it works. <laughs> what don't you understand about it? I mean, dude, like, just think about it. It's so oh, weird. It's not weird that being on the moon was only 21 years uh, from the the year that I was born, and now I'm 27 years away from the year I was born. That's not weird, but like <laughs> that compared to time dilation, I think are completely different. Things. <laughs> it's like wow, it's so weird that I've lived longer than I don't know. Well, you know, you actually age slower on board a plane than yeah, you do no, down it here. Is. Yeah, because you're traveling faster. Yeah, the closer you are moving to the speed of light. Also, the further you are away from the Earth's core, I think, too, has some sort of effect on it. Huh. Like, the closer you are to a source of gravity. That's interesting. Yeah, totally. I mean, so I guess we probably should just be flying continuously so that we can live longer. Right. Quali- they actually, quantity over quality. I can't remember <laughs> exactly how they did it, but they like compared like genetic samples from an astronaut. You and- had a twin, right? Yes, that's right. It, okay, yeah. it was the twin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it was like a significant amount of difference. I mean, you know, not like minutes or anything, but... <laughs> yeah. Well, that other than like the other effects that space has on a body, right? Like, 
Doesn't it like makes your bones weaker and you're like more well that's to just yeah that's just the that's just the null gravity you know because you have no yeah your bones are losing density because you don't need it yeah yeah and in fact that's actually like irreparable damage to your body right I know it's crazy that's yeah. why when you read the expanse books <clears throat> there's like almost a whole new species of humans because they live their lives in low gravity and they they're called evolved. belters. Yeah. <clears throat> they didn't really evolve, but well, they're yeah. born with. I mean, they're born in null gravity. Different, different conditions, they, right? Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, it's kind of a divergence. Like they're still human beings; their yeah. organs are still, but their bones are weaker. They're taller, uh-huh. uh huh, significantly taller. They're way, they're Dude, way more thin. So what they need to do is all the people who want to join the NBA. They go live in space for like their childhood, and they get really tall, and then they come down. They drink a whole bunch of milk, and then they join yeah, the NBA. But the problem is, is so <laughs> that your your bone density would never ever actually be able to be the same as yeah. somebody who lived their whole life on yeah, Earth. That's probably true. So would ever. that mean that like if they played basketball, they'd like easily break bones? Yeah, and they'd probably pull muscles all the time because yeah. their muscles would be weak too. Yeah. And you could train and get back, but it just won't be the same. And in fact, like on the show, The Expanse, one of the first things they they show you is um, a belter being held prisoner on Earth. And just the pure, they don't have to do anything to imprison him, basically just like hang him up on this like rack. And the gravity is torturing him. Oh, geez. Yeah, because they're so used to the lower gravity. And their bodies like can't handle the normal gravity, like 9.81 negative 9.81 whatever on their bodies yeah right and in fact um like space travel is easier on them so you know because when they start burning uh really hard and 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 they start experiencing significantly more gravity like it's harder on their body but they recover faster Hmm. than people from earth or from mars interesting yeah Oh, dude, this is such a classic conversation. <laughs> Why? <laughs> oh, because we had n- we have no idea where we're going. <laughs> uh, but so um, yeah, so it feels yeah. good to be back. Um, okay, good. I had I had a good trip. It was it was a little bit surreal, you know, like being gone because I was gone for like six days, and the hotel that I was at was so nice, dude. Like I I walked in and it was basically like. It almost felt like a small inside city where, like... Oh, jeez. Like, because I had a balcony in my room, but it was... The balcony was looking out inside the hotel. There's like, this huge entryway that had, like, all, a couple of restaurants and, like, fountains and all this stuff. It was pretty crazy, but... Um, <clears throat> so it was weird, like, being there. I spent a lot of time in my room, went to a lot of interesting talks, because the conference was about, like, you know, library technology, basically. And I learned some cool stuff. I learned a lot about, like, because I'm pretty new to library technology and, like, you know, cataloging and all that kind of stuff. And I learned a little bit about, like, what what I'm good at compared to other people and what I need to work on, which is good because I haven't felt like I've known that. Um, but, yeah, it was just weird being gone. It, it's weird, like, living out of a hotel for a while and, like, you know, having to always eat out and all that kind of stuff, which, by the way... The South is not great for vegetarians and vegans. It was really hard to find stuff, um, but it worked out. 
I, Imagine I that. Yeah, no, it wasn't surprising, to be honest, but that's okay. Um, anyway, so yeah, it feels good to be back. I, I did a lot of uh, reading, a lot of watching stuff. I got kind of stoked on becoming a better programmer because I watched like you know, with the library, I have a lynda.com subscription. So I watched a lot of, uh, courses on C sharp stuff. I was learning about async programming, which I know a little bit about, but it's not something I can confidently use to program in, uh, or use when I program. So that's kind of cool. Like, like if you, uh, in unity, like coroutines are an example of, uh, doing some async programming it's basically right. you remember in our game when we would like try and pause the game and we'd use yeah uh, thread dot sleep and yeah. give it a pause time so that actually is using uh, a form of async programming like multi-threading and stuff absolutely um, yeah so that was kind of cool i'm not done with that course but like i've been kind of in this mindset where i just want to become a better programmer and like my job um i don't know if i've talked about it really at all but uh one of the people that I work with just retired and she was like basically the person running the show when it comes to all the, the like catalog and uh, the website and all that kind of stuff and now I'm kind of like temporarily in her position and it gives me access to do more database stuff and uh, system administration as well as some ASP.NET stuff which is really cool like some web web development with C Sharp uh, .NET technologies, and so I really want to like take advantage of that and like learn learn about how I can, you know, do programming at work. <laughs> uh, and so I'm kind of stoked on that. I really want to focus on learning, especially ASP.NET, since I'm working with it. Um, but also, as Maddie Kins has been like telling me all the time, so that we can get a Game Devs Quest website up. Um, I don't think I've ever talked about that on on the podcast before, but I really want to build that. I want us to have a, you know, basically a, a portal, destination. a destination. Yeah. I think it'd be really valuable. And, um, I think it'd be kind of cool. Like Maddikins was saying how I do the daily, uh, the daily challenges every day. Um, having, you know, everybody has like a user profile and, uh, you know, I put up the daily challenge and if you complete the challenge, maybe you get some sort of like ranking points and stuff. Um, to make it a little more gamified and, um, you know, have some forums and stuff where people can post their different stuff. And I don't know. So that's something I, I got kind of stoked on while I was gone, learning more about that. I really want to get more serious about becoming a better programmer. I've kind of just drifted for a while. Um, so that's kind of helped me hone my focus a little bit. Nice. Um, so, yeah. Otherwise... Um, I don't know what what did you do last week? I like, I think I texted you once about the podcast, and that was about it. Yeah, real <laughs> smart ass one too. What did I say? Like, are you, you gonna make it, bro? The time, the clock's <laughs> ticking. <laughs> well, so there's this. So with our other podcast, the the awesome book club, um, the idea was to have like every month we have a new new book, and so the last month we didn't really get anything out, and Rhett has been. Well, we've all been saying, like, we should get an episode out. And Rhett's like, oh, I want to get it before your trip. And that didn't happen. So then he's like, well, I want to get it before uh, <laughs> before you come home. So 
I didn't hear anything about it. I gotta, I gotta give you that little gentle nudge, you know. Yeah, because I didn't do shit on it until the day before <laughs> you left. Right? I knew that would be the case, though. <laughs> but I got it done. No, so dude. I'm not saying somehow. you don't. I'm not saying you don't perform. I'm just saying you perform last minute. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, every I would think about doing it all the time, and I was like, I literally want to do anything but that. <laughs> Like, I would sit down on my computer to start working on it, and I would just, like, surf. I I hardly surf Facebook anymore. I fucking hate Facebook. And I would just surf Facebook for, like, (laughs) 30 minutes. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Well, I'm glad. What? (laughs) (laughs) You're glad what? I'm glad that you got it up because, like, this is so cheesy. I bet you are. What? I bet you are glad I got it up. Oh my! <laughs> wow, nice. Uh, You're welcome. But no, I'm glad you posted the episodes because this was the uh, Diary of Anne Frank episode, which was really good and very heartfelt. And um, it was nice to kind of have that familiar, like at home thing. Because honestly, like I don't want to sound like such a baby or whatever, but. Like, I was actually having a pretty, like, hard time, like, almost to the point where I was, like, getting to an anxiety attack because of all the turbulence and stuff. Um, Oh, yeah. But, like, having the podcast actually really helped me because it was, like, I was listening to familiar voices. (laughs) Oh. Uh, As cheesy as that sounds, it really did help, so I was... No, that's that's sweet. Yeah, I was happy, dude. (laughs) Yeah, that was a fun one. Uh, That was the only one that we've done face-to-face. Yeah. And, um... Yeah, it just has a whole different energy to it. Right. Yeah, it was good. And I'm excited to, for the next one, too. Next one, I think, is probably one of our best ones. Maybe it's because I like the book so much, but the uh, Indigenous People's History of the United States, I think, is going to be good. Yeah. Yeah. So, hey, okay, change of Have you topic. finished Rabbit? Uh, I have not, no. <laughs> okay. Have you? <laughs> <laughs> have you? No, <laughs> I so I had to get the audio book because I had to return the freaking hard book, and right. I feel really bad. But I'm having a hard time now with audiobooks, like being able to stay focused on it. Yep. Um. So well, that's I, kind of the beauty of the audio book, though, is it goes like even if you're not focused on it, and then right. sometimes you come in, you're like, "Well, I haven't learned anything." <laughs> right. I know. So I'm like it's a lot worried. easier with fiction. Uh, yeah. True. I'm worried that I'm not going to be able to provide much of a conversation. Or you know, to Where, the conversation. You say that literally every podcast. In fact, the beginning of Anne Frank, you're like, I'm worried I'm not going to be able to contribute. <laughs> that one I actually read though. I just didn't take notes. This, like the last two, I I only listened to, and I don't know. Yeah, it's just hard. It's hard to keep up. Yeah. So, anyways. Anyways. Yeah, I was going to change the topic. I was going to talk a little bit about. <laughs> Things people do that they may not realize are absolutely douchey. Um, oh no! Is this an intervention about my behavior? No. <laughs> Although I probably could have given you one of those multiple times over the lifetime of our friendship. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, dude. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But no, you're not. Uh, well, I mean, mostly not. <laughs> I mean, you're you're giving me a friendly ribbing. Yeah. <laughs> What are, oh, since you broke your ribs, is that why? Oh, uh, no. Uh, so it kind of like got me started um, 
yesterday Allie and I were working we go to the the University of Oregon sometimes to study it's just nice to like get away from the house and like you know have your mission of like completing a certain thing you know um, and so yesterday we were at U of O and we're walking we we're gonna go get some lunch and we're walking along we look over across the street this guy's like locking his bike up nothing nothing out of the ordinary but then we hear this big crash and look back over dude knocked over somebody else's bike and it like smashed the ground it was all in like this p- precarious position where it's like clearly not supposed to be like that like it might even be damaged Finish, he just finishes locking up his bike and just walks away <laughs> and the whole time he's doing this Allie's like you think he's gonna pick that back up and I'm like oh he has to right there's so many people around what kind of a person would just do that and then not pick it up when everyone's there to watch and then he starts walking away and, and Allie, Allie made me laugh so hard because she's like oh my god what a douche she's like yelling this and the guy just like continues walking but (laughs) so that happened and i just like raged about humanity about like entitled people and people who are they don't really care about anything that other people you know do or or same thing with like flying you know people who are like i don't know like yeah, people who like take they up the overhead bin. Yeah, or... like they take up more space than they should, or like don't they don't listen to the the flight attendants and all that kind of stuff. You're just like, God, dude, people just like be aware. I don't I don't understand how people are so unaware of either they're unaware or they literally are selfish douchebags. Um, now I guess no, it's it's like entitlement. Yeah, it's absolutely. It's like, in the United States, like we all think we're better than pe- like each other. Yeah, like that guy literally had to think my bike is or having my bike in an upright position is more important than this person who I knocked down their bike. <laughs> like he had to think that he was better than them or or something like that, you know. Well, it's just maybe like wasn't worth his time or something, yeah, right? Uh, you know, like, my, yeah, my time's better better spent me walking to this building yeah. that I need to get to. It's just like crazy. Plus, um, my bike's more expensive, bro. Right. Well, another thing that's been happening lately. So in our apartment complex, we have like a shared gym. And there's multiple gyms. But one, the one that we go is like the closest to us. It's like a five-minute walk or something. We get there and, you know, there's like – two treadmills uh two ellipticals a stair climber a bunch of weights and all this stuff like enough room for plenty of people and there's this common theme that i see when i get there where people so there's a coat rack and it has like probably five maybe six hooks i don't know how many times i've gone in there when there's one or two people and they somehow manage to take up the entire coat rack yeah i'm like what the hell is wrong with these people how how do they do this? How do they not care about like the experience of other people? Do they not realize that if everybody acted like them, like there would be no communal space, like no one could actually do anything? <laughs> no, they don't care. I just don't <laughs> That's know. That's how they got there. It's crazy. Um so I just wanted to vent my frustration with people. Like just be nice to each other. <laughs> like don't be a douche. Don't like take up more than you should. 
and be aware like maybe people aren't aware that they're taking up three hooks on the coat rack when they only need one but like just be aware i don't understand they are aware they are aware no those are the types of people and i swear they're like uh they are everywhere but i I think it's like a special thing that like happens to americans right where somehow our time our convenience is like what's most important yeah i mean ask yourself this is the one i ask myself all the time for one like why are we so against traffic circles right yeah to me (laughs) it stems from this entitlement in terms of like wanting to a we're lazy and stupid and people are intimidated by them but also (laughs) it's it's that i swear it's that people need to be told when it's like their turn yeah you know they're like now it's my turn i know the light enables me to go and not you you know like (laughs) i don't know maybe that's a stretch (laughs) but then the other one is like all the jaywalkers which i don't necessarily have a uh i don't have a problem with jaywalkers per se but you know yeah i don't know where i was going with that but remember in japan like nobody jaywalked ever no ever that's even when there's no cars I think about Japan all the time and I get jealous because people there are so freaking respectful to each other. Yeah. Like, I don't understand why people here, I mean, maybe it's like this whole competition thing with like us being such a capitalist country and whatever, but it's like, God, just like learn to live with each other. Jesus. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if it is like a uh, like a capitalist type thing, you know. Like, I mean, obviously Japan is Japan uh, is capitalist, but they're also like very traditional and they very communal as well. Yeah, and they they weren't always capitalist, whereas like the U.S. was that was like founding principle, like yeah. take take the land and earn money off of it, you know. I yeah, know. <laughs> yeah. No, it's kind of yeah, it is bizarre. It's a I guess it's not necessarily an American phenomenon because I, I was gonna say I, I did see a lot of that type of stuff in Guatemala too. Yeah, it's definitely not just American an American thing, but I notice it a lot here, and I do feel. I mean, I don't know. There's a lot of talk about like millennials being entitled, and I always feel like baby boomers are super entitled. Um, yeah, and you see memes about both. Um, yeah. So I think maybe maybe it's literally everyone but i just i want people to wake up and not be so like <laughs> it, I, don't, I don't know entitled ignorant unaware like you well, know he, those you know those people when you go to costco and like costco has uh, giant aisles and they somehow they park freaking their, park yep. like perpendicular to the aisle and you like yep. you like walk right up to them and they just don't even they don't even look at you they don't even budge you're like, what are you doing? Do I need to turn around? Like, just move out of the way. It's not hard. Yeah, I pretty much blow a gasket every time I go into Costco because of that exact yeah. reason. Costco is and, the worst. Oh, yeah, dude. I mean, it's amazing. And I was going to tell you, here's my story. Uh, not a Costco story, but my story of inconsiderate douchebags. And I do come off sounding like a douchebag in this a little bit. But anyway... <laughs> So, one time, me and Bailey were going to go meet her family for dinner at a restaurant, and there's no parking. It's, like, Friday night, and there were a lot of people, like, double parked, 
things like that, mm-hmm. which was kind of irritating because there was like clearly a few spots where I could have fit if a person was like in their fucking lane. Mm-hmm. Well, so I come around to the back of the parking lot and I'm looking at this mess of a parking lot. There's just like this one section in the back that's completely fucked, like not a single person parked in the lines. But what's worse is somehow somebody in a car p- took up four parking spots oh at once. <laughs> but because of the way that it was all kind of arranged, I realized that there was a spot where I could park. However, it would completely encase this car that was taking up four spots at once. <laughs> now, granted, I wasn't necessarily parked directly behind or in front of this car, mm-hmm. but he might have had enough room to like do like a three-point turn thing and like back out of that spot where I pulled in. I mean, and I don't know how we parked here. Like, how the fuck? Like, I'm talking encircled by cars, Taylor. Like, it doesn't make any sense. So I pulled up there and I was like, I'm in a spot. I'm in the lines. I'm not pulled too far forward. I'm not sticking out in the lane. I'm in the lines. I've done my duty as a citizen. This guy's an idiot for taking up that many spots and somehow. Anyway, so I go to the restaurant and I eat. And <laughs> this, the guy eventually comes in and he's flipping out at people. He's like, he's like, this is bullshit. I, you know, I was parked out there and you guys blocked me in. Somebody needs to go out and move. And he's like listing off all the cars that are blocking him. And there's like eight, you know, <laughs> like he's, he's like, is somebody driving a silver Ford F-150? Is somebody driving? A, and he's losing his mind. Nobody speaks up. Nobody speaks up. So he had, he literally had to wait for somebody to go out there. And I was, I would go and poke my head out of the restaurant every little bit just to see what he was doing. Cause I didn't want him like vandalizing cars or anything. Yeah. And he like, somebody went out to go move their car eventually cause they were done eating. And he like flipped out on them about blocking him in. My and God. they were like, uh, we were here before you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, dude. So that's another thing I think just in general that shows the shittiness of humanity is anything to do with cars like people when they're driving they have too much road rage and when they're parking same thing like i don't know how many and and i mean i'm a little bit biased against anyone who drives like a big pickup um because inevitably i don't know like i'm sure there's plenty of of responsible pickup drivers not to bring in the whole like gas mileage thing <laughs> but Dude, Taylor I, I'm sure there's some pickup trucks that are being made now that get better mileage than your car <laughs> I don't know about dude, that dude get, some of the modern trucks get excellent mileage what's your definition of excellent mileage because above 30 miles per gallon oh yeah I'm sure but also we get like 40 miles to the gallon so I wouldn't doubt it if there's a truck that gets 40 well maybe it's hybrid <laughs> uh, uh, maybe yeah there are yeah, hybrid trucks are. but yeah. yeah but anyways inevitably somehow one of those giant pickup trucks is always parked in more than one space and you know what i'm sorry that's just a whole like entitlement thing they're like yep. well i'm too big so i need to you know park in this double spot i'm sorry why do you need such a big car <laughs> uh but also yeah like just people driving in general, like on the freeway and stuff, God, like I'm the type of driver, and we've talked about this, I'm the type of driver who sits in the right lane going 67, you know, just having a, a good old time, not letting anything work me up, 
And then there's people that get behind me. Like there's even no one in the left lane. They get behind me, tailing me for like several miles. And then they decide to pass me and they floor it going like 80. I'm like, yeah, I wasn't doing anything. I was going faster than the speed limit. If you didn't like it, you should have passed me like three miles ago. Yeah. I don't, I don't understand why people have like yeah. they get behind that the wheel that guy was an idiot he left his house 10 minutes later than he should have and he's like taking it out on everybody else yeah, like, why aren't right. you driving faster it's like <laughs> leave your house yeah. earlier douche I know god it drives me crazy and that type of thing too like one of my favorite memes or not really memes but things you see on the internet is when people do that they park in like the douchiest spot you know so mm-hmm. that other people can't get in and then people like surround them <laughs> Yeah. It's such a good feeling. Or they like, you know, write things on their car. Like yeah. people who hand out like those fake tickets that say like don't park like a douche or yeah. you know. Uh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I was gonna say um the other day I was going downtown and I was <laughs> there was only you know, there's parking on both sides of the street, like head in parking, and this guy had just pulled in this extended cab pickup truck and he completely obstructed the lane of traffic and he stayed there. (laughs) He like his truck was so long that traffic had to merge into one lane to go around it. Oh God. (laughs) The worst. What an ass. I know. (laughs) I think especially in that really dense downtown part of Salem. It's like, what are you doing? You jerk. Ugh. Anyways, I just had to vent a little bit. <laughs> yeah, we all do. But. Hey, and uh, listener, if you participate in any of the behavior we just described, uh, you should really take a look in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do better. <laughs> <laughs> we lose all these listeners I know. now. They're just like, fuck you guys, yeah. you lead us little pigs. <laughs> uh, I just like that. Like the idea of being a defensive driver um, I think it's just common courtesy. It's like being aware and like realizing because first of all, like if you drive way faster than the speed limit, you're not going to get there that much faster than if you weren't because there's so many other people on the road. Like one of my favorite things ever is when I'm just going along cruise control, some dude like flies past me and then we end up like getting, you know, stopped at a light and they get behind people and I end up being ahead of them (laughs) yeah you know when i'm like not even trying i'm just like going with the flow and they're like trying so hard to like get where they want to be fast and i'm like dude first of all you're wasting gas because you're like going fast and then putting the brakes on like you have to keep pumping the brakes and second of all even if you did get to wherever you're going faster it's going to be like maybe two minutes you know yeah (laughs) Yeah, uh, and that uh, that's one thing that bothers me that people get critical of, though, is, like, uh, like I personally hate it when there's, like, a exit lane that people have to take, and they start piling into the exit lane, like, miles ahead. Yeah. And then people get shitty about it when people merge, like, way late, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, well, those people are the ones that are actually, like, using the road economically, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like... You got to zipper into that damn thing. Well, like you don't just line up so the line is like five miles long. Yeah, like that true. doesn't make any damn sense. That's where defensive driving comes in. And yeah, like sometimes if you've been like waiting in line or whatever for a long time, 
it doesn't feel good to like let somebody in but you know what that's what being a defensive driver is about like right but you would get there faster if everybody did that you know what i mean like yeah but instead like oh my god the exit that's the worst i don't know if you're familiar with it but if you're headed uh eastbound on 217 to like remerge onto i5 up in like beaverton oh tigered area yeah yeah I it's know the you're fucking about. worst it, it, and everybody piles in 217 is one of the worst uh, roads to drive on in Oregon. It's so bad. It it's like so bad. as soon as it hits 3 p.m., I swear to God, everybody's like, I got to get off work two and a half hours early to get yeah. home on time. So they leave at like 3 o'clock <laughs> and then they just start piling into that right lane to get on I-5 from so far away. Yeah. And it doesn't make any sense because there there's two things on that freeway there that that you can do. Merge later and then not only that, the far right lane as you're merging on I-5 is an exit only, but the exit is a mile and a half down the road. Yeah. So use that goddamn lane and then get over. You uh, know what I mean? But yeah. nobody wants to be in the exit only lane for right. a mile and a half. There's a mile and a half of unused freeway real estate. Right. That, and it's like, dude, get over and use the damn freeway. Yeah, I know. I try to avoid 217 whenever possible. Yeah, but. I'm pretty much every time just want to die. <laughs> Literally just blow my car up and hurt as many people as possible. No, I'm kidding. Uh, kidding, FBI. I'm kidding. Yeah. Comedy. Hey, hey. hey. Um, yeah, so anyways, anyways, there's our Game Devs Quest community <laughs> service update. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, what kind of Game Dev stuff do we got going on? I know we mentioned playing some different games. Um, I did some work on my game. When I got back, I was like, I'm always, whenever I get back from a trip or like have some time where I, where I don't work on my game, I'm always like, it takes a little bit more motivation for me to get started again. Yeah. Um, but you know, I came home, I got a good night's sleep the night, uh, that I, that I got here. I went to bed at like eight. Then the next day I woke up and got right at it. And, um, it was kind of cool because, you know, I've been, like I was saying, I've been interested in becoming a better programmer excuse me and i started implementing a new feature where right now or before i uh, uh before saturday you couldn't like if you had the lumberjack chop down a tree the stumps like were there permanently um mm. and then the planter couldn't plant on top of it so i implemented this dig feature where now because the planter has the option to plant and then water and the lumberjack only had the option to chop down a tree so now the lumberjack has the option of chopping and digging out the stump um and so i took advantage of like this newfound inspiration of making my code better to not just like add this new implementation but kind of try and make the the way i'm doing it more generic so that i could more easily add things if i want to in the future so i like really cleaned up some of my code uh, getting that put in and it just felt so nice like most of what I do and I, t I talk about this with Alia because this this is one of the biggest things I struggle with when I make games or program in general is that I don't really have much of a game plan I just start coding and yeah. just add these little pieces on top of each other and then it's like well shit now I have this other thing that I want to do and I have to basically like re-engineer a, a new feature every time I add one so you know, putting in a little bit of forethought to try and make it more efficient just felt really nice. So now I have that nice. that digging functionality. Add the little animation. You can now you can do the whole cycle. You could 
you know, plant a tree, you could chop a tree down, you can dig up the stump, and you can plant in that same place, which is... Oh, yeah. Feels pretty cool. So, um, you know, I've been going through a little bit of, like, depression and struggle with uh, finishing this game. Um, I... I, I don't have that deadline hovering over me like I was when I was doing one game a month. Um, so it's hard to be like, you know, get down and just finish things I need to finish. Yeah. And I really want this to look polished, so I'm spending all this time, like, making it exactly how I want it. Um, so, I don't know. It, for a while, like, when I was gone, I was like, man, I really want to work on my game, but I'm also really tired of it, and I am really... Like, it's not that good. Like, I, I got into this really big self-doubting stage. Um, yeah. So it felt good to come back and, like, implement something new, clean up some of the code, uh, add some new animations and stuff. Uh, I'm really looking forward to putting in some more hard work uh, going oh, forward. Yeah. So, yeah, I really I really want to, uh, to get this out soon. Because I said originally that I, I thought it would take me, like, three or four months. And I'm like, it's how is it almost May, by the way? God. <laughs> We're, like... A third of the way through the year which is just crazy but so that was kind of my my game dev stuff i did some reading uh i was reading this mobile game dev book uh while i was gone but otherwise it's hard i didn't bring my laptop when i was gone i just had my phone and some books and it's mm. hard to like stay stay uh productive when you don't have your laptop with you so yeah. that was something i regretted i wish i had brought that but oh well See, I always find, well, yeah, it depends because it's, you know, you need your laptop to do the type of work you want to do. Right. But I, whenever I know that there's like a, a deadline on stuff and it's like, I don't need my laptop, it's like notebook and books. Right. And that's like my go-to, you know. Well, the travel was so much easier without a laptop. You know, I don't have to like take it out and like put it through yep. the scanner separately and yep. um, all that added weight and everything. So that like, from that standpoint was really good. And also... Um, I didn't realize that this was so common, but nowadays a lot of airlines, if they're even remotely full uh, or close to being full, they'll they'll call on the intercom when you're like lining up that if anyone who wants to check their bags can check it for free. Yeah. So <laughs> I di I hadn't ever done that before, but they did that for both my my journeys, you know. And so yeah. I just checked my bag, and I had like this little tiny carry on. Um, and it was like made my life so much easier. But like thinking about it, if I would have had my laptop, I would have made that. I don't think I would have done it, you know? Absolutely. And that's kind of, yeah, there's a lot of like tricks to travel. A lot of people say like never, ever check your bag and just take it to the gate. And if it's too big, like often they'll just take it and check it for free. Yeah, I know. That was awesome because I could have done it ahead of time, but I would have had to pay for it. Right. And then exactly. I just got it for free. It's like, well, that's pretty nice. But, uh, but yeah, when I was there, I was like, damn, I really wish I had my laptop because oftentimes, you know, I'd like watch some videos and read a little bit, but then it was like, man, I guess I'll just go on Imgur and like, <laughs> I'm bored, yeah. you know, whereas if I had my laptop, I probably would have been a lot more productive, but that's how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. I find too that, that limiting my options when I'm traveling makes me a lot more just like happy to do what I have. Right. Like that's when what I was, I was in Guatemala. For. When I was in Guatemala, I rarely ever had internet, and all I had was my like a shit phone, um, that like rarely for whatever reason like rarely worked on the Wi-Fi networks down there, except huh. like maybe a couple times. But I brought three books, and I ended up reading them all. Yeah, totally. I read a lot too. I didn't 
didn't quite finish anything, but I got, you know, 200 pages or something read. Yeah. Which is a lot in a week for me, so. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, so that's where I'm at. I'm excited to get back streaming. Um, I was, oh, that was the other thing that happened. Last week was uh, Ludum Dare. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, which yeah. I, I missed out on. I was kind of sad. It, w- it was cool seeing everybody in the Discord get all excited about uh, working on it. Um, and seeing everyone's progress on their games. Uh, this this last theme was uh, something along the lines of like a game that has two genres that don't like work well together. So like um, for instance, Maddykins did a turn-based hockey game, and, <laughs> and uh, Manbeard Games did turn-based uh, battle royale. Which is kind of cool. So it was cool seeing some of their games. Um, I haven't gotten a chance to play them, but I plan on doing some streaming tonight and playing those games. Um, You know, support the community and see what everyone was up to. So I'm excited for that. But it'd be cool to to get in and and do Ludum Dare sometime. Because everyone seems to have a lot of fun with it. Oh, absolutely. But... Yeah, that was fun watching the Discord blow up. Yeah, it really Everybody's did. screen caps and stuff. And mm-hmm. looked like everybody did some really great work, so... Totally. Yeah. Otherwise, uh, I beat Anodyne before I left, which... Oh, hell yeah, son. Really recommend that game. It was kind of, like, reinvigorating. Wanting, like... Now I want to play more single-player games. Um, and it had a boss at the end that was, like... All you really had to do was figure out the patterns, you know? But it took me, like, probably 15 deaths before I really figured out how to do it. And then it was just a matter of, like, doing it. (laughs) Uh, So it was pretty hard ending. And I've actually never really beaten a game like that, you know? You guys all know that I'm not, like, super experienced in games in general. Like, everyone's played all the you know, Sega and SNES games, whatever, that are kind of like these platform adventure type games. And I missed that boat. I mean, I did play some of those games a little bit growing up, but I never beat anything. Um, And so I I beat Anodyne, which was like really a rewarding feeling to to actually do that. Um, But it was also just like from a game dev perspective, I'm like, oh man, I really want to make a game kind of like this. And like that art style and the music was just really good. So... That was cool. I also picked up Hyperlight Drifter, which Finally. Oh my god. That game is so awesome. The the artwork alone is like enough of a reason to play that game. But it's also really fun. Really challenging. That's so good. Yeah, it's very hard, <laughs> but it's fun as fuck. Yeah, it, it really is. So I'm going to try and go through and beat that game. Um that's my next one. And then, as as I mentioned, I also started playing Pillars of Eternity again. Uh, Finally. Yeah, so I got some new ones uh, I'm going through. Um, what about you? What have you been playing, dude? Um, Morrowind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been playing a ton of Morrowind. Um, yeah, you'll write on the front page on the Steam, uh, like, you know, when you click it, it's like recent news. And I was talking about this Rebirth mod, which I had seen some stuff on the Morrowind subreddit. And I thought, hey, you know what? I should check that out. And so, and my brother just started playing it for the first time. And really? he loves the Elder Scrolls, but he couldn't ever be bothered to play Morrowind. And, you that know, surprises because. Me. Well, he doesn't like the mechanics. And he, he kept saying, like, Oblivion and Skyrim are better. Oblivion and Skyrim are better. And it's like, I think just the sheer size of, like, the 
independent subreddits would like disagree with you, right? Like Morrowind is easily the the biggest Elder Scrolls subreddit. Yeah. Like, and more people have played Skyrim, but like, I don't think that they're really in it for the Elder Scrolls. You know, they're just in it because it's Skyrim. It's a AAA title, and it's fun, right. and it's you know, like, sure they like it, and sure they can talk to you about this lore stuff and yeah. whatever. But it's just it's just not quite the same. Like the 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 amount of dedicated fans is quite a bit smaller. Right. Morrowind is is a much more hardcore game than like yeah. than Skyrim. Skyrim really appeals to the masses. And it's right. not that's not to say that it's not a great game because I love Skyrim. Yeah, it's so but, fun. Um it's just different, you know. Yeah, I've played the shit out of Skyrim. Yeah. But <laughs> I've also been able to play the shit out of Morrowind now for 16 years or whatever it's been. So, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and what's funny is he was trying to tell me, he's like, well, dude, like Oblivion with this mods like really makes the difference. I'm like, I'm sure it does. And he goes, I mean, dude, Oblivion was modded as recently, like, you know, these updates are coming as recently as 2016. I was like, dude, you want to talk about the big Morrowind mods? Because they're updated like monthly. <laughs> <laughs> and what's fun about Morrowind, they have this mod called Tamriel Rebuilt, and it set out to create the entire world. Oh. Um, all of the continents, you know, wow. put into one game, f- filled with quests and NPCs and items. So yeah. wait, so did they remake literally every Elder Scrolls game in Morrowind, basically? And places that haven't been featured in games yet. <laughs> wow. I, well, yeah. does, does that include... Uh, Elder Scrolls Online places, because holy cow. Um, yeah. Well, what I don't I, know what's on Elder Scrolls Online. Did you ever play Elder Scrolls Online? Because if you have no. it, do you have it? Um, I have like the Morrowind expansion, but I like because it oh. came with something else that I bought. Because it's actually like it's not great. You know, it has like the whole MMO feel to it, but yeah. I would not mind playing that some more i i picked it up and played with danny my friend and then another some co-workers co-worker friends from my last job and like put a decent amount of time into it um but it was one of those things too where i was on the start island and i think i put like 15 hours on the start island and then i zoom out on the map and see that the start island is like a tiny speck of, <laughs> of the rest of the map like there's this other main continent uh, outside of the main or you know outside of that starting island that is like probably a hundred times as big I'm just like Damn. dear god so if they packed that into it you would like have an endless amount of gameplay <laughs> yeah I I honestly have no idea quite how big Elder Scrolls Online is but Tamriel is like literally every it's everything That's it's crazy. all of the lands there all of the races come from that hasn't like some of which haven't even been featured like I mean I don't know I guess I don't know what's in Elder Scrolls Online like because I was yeah. going to say like the example I was going to say is like Black March uh, Black Marsh rather uh-huh. where the Argonians come from the swamp area like uh, like I'm not aware of that being in a game I, I kind of have gone out of my way to not play Elder Scrolls Online just because like I disagree with the idea of like an MMO for a game like this, but yeah, um, I get that. I, and I don't nec- like I don't really want to like reward Bethesda <laughs> for something that I disagree with, but <laughs> yeah, I hear um, that. I I don't think I would have played it if I didn't have people who are like really wanting me to play with them. Right. But you know, it's still pretty fun. 
I, oh, I, for sure. It does look fun. I think you might enjoy it, especially just because you love Elder Scrolls and all the lore and everything. So yeah. if, if you ever do decide to pick it up, let me know, because I would totally play it with you. Yeah, maybe I'll let you know. It's 30 bucks but, right now, but... That's not too bad. Yeah. I, I see it goes on sale all the time, so... Yeah. Yeah, you should pick it up sometime. I think that might um, be a fun one to go through together. Yeah, absolutely. But it's... So it's been kind of fun, like, seeing him play it, because, you know, like... He, it's like, oh, there's no quest markers. Oh, there's no convenient fast travel. You know, there. oh, there's like all of these things are like really subtly different from the other games. And, but it like makes a difference. Like you experience the world like way different. Like Skyrim, there's so much shit you pass just because like you don't want to walk there. You yeah, know, right. so you just fast travel to where you need to go. Yeah. Yeah, and, I think uh, that's I think that's the whole thing about appealing to the masses. Yeah, you know, and like you spend the, all the time. You go through all the missions, and you're just looking at the red marker on your compass rather than <laughs> like the screen. Yeah, you know? totally. That was I. I played Oblivion before I played Morrowind, and that was like, I don't know. I was used to that streamlined thing, you know. Yeah. And I was like, wow, you have to figure stuff out, you know. And there, and I find that often in RPG games in general, I like. I don't even hardly pay attention to what people say. I just like yeah. click through and then I follow that marker and get into a fight and level up. Yeah. And then I go to the store and sell stuff, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, so. dude. And Marwin, you really have to pay attention and you really have to like read the stuff because it's like they tell you to go find somebody and then that's it. Like, right. you don't. So you got to like get their name. You got to freaking maybe ask around a little bit. Like, there's just no way yeah. that. You just go straight there because of the quest marker, you know? Well, you I don't think, get quest markers. <laughs> I think that's really cool. It, like, definitely makes you more a part of the world, you know? You don't yeah, have this for sure. uh, diegetic force that's, like, hand-holding or, you know, holding well, your hand through it. Yeah, and that's, like, that's the fun of it. Like, you know, it's like I was playing Skyrim the other day and I was purposely, like, just not having any of my quest markers on and trying to play it that way and it did change a lot of things like I just experienced so much more of Skyrim than I normally would because it's like okay I gotta go there I hop on the carriage and like go as close as I can and then walk in a straight line there yeah you know? mm-hmm. and this way it's like I really had to kind of like explore and like figure it out a little bit and and you know check the map make sure I'm headed the right way it's like you have to do that tomorrow and all the time yeah well and you learn I think you learn more about the world and about the yeah. lore and everything. Cause I mean, I'll be honest. I'm one of those guys that I'll go up to a book in any of these games, even, whether it's elder scrolls or divinity or whatever. And I open the book to see if I level something up and then I yeah, instantly close it. it. <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> well, like for example, like the quests I'm doing right now for the first time in Morrowind is the tribunal temple quests. And the first quest they, they're like, well, you should make the pilgrimage that everybody makes um, as part of the religion. And so he gives you the book, The Pilgrim's Path, and you're supposed to complete the the pilgrimage to all seven of these holy sites on the island. And it, it's so hard to find these sites because it, the book gives you directions <laughs> and you have to follow the directions in the book. And it's like, you know, find the road that's between these two cities and then head east on it. And it's like, Jesus. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> That's cool but, though. And yeah, and it's fun. I saw you up streaming when I was in Florida playing some Morrowind. That was cool. Yeah, I hope I, you do I that more. Been, yeah, exactly. And it's just kind of it's I don't know, 
gives me like that extra little like boost to play it because I, I I've been toying around with the idea because obviously you guys heard a thousand times I got another Morrowind podcast it's kind of like on hiatus and we're trying to bring it back and so part of that might be I haven't actually beaten the main quest in Morrowind ever I've put probably like two thousand hours into the game and just like never <laughs> never beaten it yeah you know um I've never beaten any of the Elder Scrolls games actually I've never beaten Skyrim or Oblivion um. But I've done, like, you know, I've probably been near completion for some of them in yeah. terms of, like, quests and stuff, just never the main quest. Right. Um, so well, I'm going to do that because, like, the just the story of the main quest is, like, you know, I'm completely aware of it after all these years. It's fucking epic, and I want to <laughs> go and, like, experience that. Totally. You should, man. I think, um, I mean, knowing what you know about Elder Scrolls lore... I think you would be fun to watch playing it. So Oh, thanks man. Yeah. Yeah, I've always I've thought for a really long time that like especially with Game of Thrones being so popular on TV, the story of the creation of the tribunal would make the best like HBO show. <laughs> like it would be so epic like Dude. how how Vivek and Almalexia and Sothisil betrayed Nerevar to like become gods. Yeah, it's like it's fucking. That's just crazy, dude. Like that's Game uh, of Thrones shit. Like, and they've got the great houses that are all like you know duking it out. It's just, yeah, like, it's the same thing, just in a way higher fantasy setting. I, I would not be surprised if someday that does become a mini series. You know? Oh, that would be epic, dude. <laughs> but that's like it's so weird to me that like. You know, people play it and they're like, ah, you know, um, I don't know. What, they don't pay attention to to it? Or what do you mean? Well, they they play the Elder Scrolls games and they're like unaware of like. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like, what is in my mind the best story arc? (laughs) Uh, It's just ridiculous, you know? And. And it's funny that they they play these games and they're like, ah, it's, it's fantasy. And it's like, yes high fantasy medieval castles with dragons flying around. I've never seen that before. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But, yeah. Anyway, I could go on about Morrowind forever. Kind of at the top of our time. Yeah, totally. But that's what I've been doing. It's kind of encouraged me to pull out the construction kit a little bit and screw around. I haven't done too much with it, but... Oh, dude, that would be badass. Yeah. I mean, and that's a fun thing. And so I I forget to mention, I'm playing with this mod called Rebirth, and it changes like enough that when I'm playing, I'm like, what? <laughs> you like, it changes a bunch of cities that like you're really familiar with. It like relays some of them out. It adds new buildings, adds new NPCs and stuff Dude. like that. And so it feels like I'm playing a really fresh game right now. That's so cool. Even though it's a game that I've been playing for 16 years. So is that how these mods work? Is that they're all built in that construction set or whatever? Yeah. Okay. Dude. Yeah. That would be cool. If you want well, dude, and that would be a yeah. cool project for you, man. Like, no, you could tie that into both podcasts. Oh, absolutely! Make a mod, add some kind of story arc uh, that that fills in, you know, some of the stuff that maybe they don't have in the lore oh, or whatever. Dude. And, uh, dude, yeah, talk about how you're learning the modding tool on Game Devs Quest, but then talk about the other stuff on uh, a game at dinner. Dude. Yeah, the construction kit seems really hard to use, but I've seen people do some cool shit with it. So maybe I'll, I'll have to like dive more into that a little bit. Dude, so that, and I that come could up be with. your game dev stream. <laughs> oh, that's true. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. I and like it, 
Yeah, that'd be that'd be dope. And yeah, the modding community is so active in Morrowind that they're just coming out with stuff that just makes it so bad. And it's like with the graphic overhauls and stuff, dude. Yeah. The game, honestly, in my opinion, aside from being like a little bit more rigid and like scripted and stuff, mm-hmm. the, it looks when you have the full graphical mods on, it looks like how Skyrim looks on low settings on my computer, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Like, the textures are just so great, and the HDR and bloom lighting is amazing. Yeah, it's just, oh! (laughs) You get sunsets with the thick foliage on, and you're like, this is amazing. (laughs) But yeah, anyway, so... Cool. I think we're done for the week. What do you say? I think that's it. cool guys hey if uh you want to talk about marwin with me you can tweet us we're at game devs quest you can email us gdq at airpodcast.com um you can come join our discord server and tell me why you think skyrim is better than marwin and i'll argue with you and <laughs> kick you off the discord server no i'm kidding I uh, but you can join our discord server it's uh, bit.ly forward slash gdq discord come hang out talk game dev with us and a couple hundred other people um, it is a blast in there, especially during like you know Ludum Dare and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, people just start going, right. and it's so much fun to see people asking for help and sharing their work and progress. It's it's really inspiring. So totally. if you if you want that little extra motivation, you want to be surrounded by like minded people, that's the place to do it. And if you feel so inclined to support our podcast, you can do so by um, using our humble bundle affiliate links, Which- and anytime you make a purchase, a little bit goes towards us um you can use one of those links bit.ly forward slash gdq humble you might notice when you use it it says like this link is no longer good yeah, you just go to I, the bundle you want to look at i actually up uh, so i went and tried to like troubleshoot with that and if yeah. you don't have the pro version you can't delete them so i actually made mm. a new one that doesn't go to a past bundle so if you guys go to bit.ly forward slash gdq dash humble That'll get mm. you to a fresh, like, store without being affiliated to any of the old humbles, and and won't give you that weird error. Oh, cool! So, so and I updated that L-Y. in the welcome section of our Discord. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yep. Yeah, but even if you do end up using that old one, it t- it says that the bundle's no longer good. You you can just go to the bundle you want, and the right. link still supports us. Exactly. So, so yeah, we appreciate any purchase you guys make using our link. Uh, it, even if it feels like a little bit, it goes a long ways for us. And if you got the time and uh, are the type of people that like supporting podcasts, reviews and ratings are the currency of the podcast world. Leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform of choice. Um, tell us you love us. Tell us you hate us. Be completely honest. Tell us what we can fix, and we'll do our best. And we really appreciate it, guys. And I guess uh, I guess that's it for this week. Yeah, buddy. Thanks so much for your time, guys. Thanks, guys. Have a good week. Cue that music. Oh, yeah. Ah! <laughs> <laughs>